Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we're about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey, y'all. Hey, guys. We're here. This is April. And this is Caroline. Happy Thursday. Happy Thirsty Thursday. We are in this thing. We've been here for a while um, and we are ready to get going. Yes, we are. So um, I think we need to start off with first, this is episode one of Kidnapped and Tortured. Kidnapped, Deducted and Tortured. We still don't know what we're going to call it. You'll see it when we post it. Um, Our new theme for the month of October Halloween month. Halloween. Um, and so we are starting strong. Oh, my God. We're starting strong. I'm just telling you right now to brace yourself. But before we get to that, we got a couple of reviews we need to read. Mm-hmm. So this first one is titled Love, April and Caroline. Chalk Bluff fan here. I'm enjoying your breakdowns of how everything goes down very informative and never boring. We may be neighbors. That she's talking to me because I live in Trump yeah. Love. I hope you enjoy even bigger success. Keep up the good work. You should give vanilla crown and cream soda. It's the most awesome drink ever. Not sold in bar- in bars. Hey, I grew up on cream soda. I like cream soda. Okay. Mike's mouth might be watering. I think it He's probably is. Um, the next one is from West Steph and it's titled Drunk Dateline Recap. And she says, Drunk Besties Recapping Dateline. I live. Uh, emoji love face. It. I love that. Maybe we'll be on Dateline one day. Mm. We gotta be good though. Uh, like as a reporter or something? Or like as victims? Oh, not victims. I mean. I mean, we need to get your code word going. So I can't even talk about my code words. So that I've already you're not a victim. Already. <laughs> she outed her own cohort. I, I just came up with it like a day ago. Yeah, I know. Dang it. Okay, so next one is called Vocabulary Builder, and this is from Doc S. Hancock. So it says, after I just had to swallow all the spit in my mouth, <laughs> I love the chemistry these two have, and they routinely crack me up. Another plus, well, every single week, without fail, I learn a new word and definition. So basically, listening makes you smarter. What have I said this whole time? Oh my God. Oh, I'm so proud Dictionary. Of yes. Thank you, Doc S. Hancock. And I love I'll, her. I'll read one more. This is from Super Texas Mom. She says, These gals are killing it. Get it? 
<laughs> ice crunching, snot sniffing, ice <laughs> clanking, hushed whispering or sudden yelling. <laughs> Whoops. Caroline and April are the perfect gals for me. I love the true crime, comedy, gold, happy hours with you so much. I used to call my extended family members while I was driving, but now I'm just tripping while y'all are sipping on some murder. Keep it up, ladies. Oh, love it. Screw the family. Let's listen to some <laughs> BHH. I love it. Okay, and then this is titled Enjoyable by Haley B.W. The most fun I have all week listening to the radio. Oh, hold on. Low power mode just came on. Oh, no. Uh, They are knowledgeable, do their research, and lend just enough lighthearted wit with superb timing. Keep it up, ladies. And let me do this one. Uh Uh-oh. This is from Lady from Cotown. And the subject title is meh. This is a two star. This is two stars. I like April a lot. However, I'm not a big fan of Caroline. She's just all over the place and a bit annoying. I wish they would stay on topic about a story. If it were April and somebody else and they stayed on topic, I'd continue to listen. But so far, I'm not a fan. Oh, she's asking a whole lot of us. Stay on topic. Stay on and, and replace my co-host? No way. Sorry, I lady just, from Go Down. Thanks for the review. And last one, this came right after our... Um, Basketball? Yeah, our uh, Patrick Dennehy. This, that summer, I was training for triathlon. She's a badass. One of my bicycle training routes took me within yards of the body. Four days. Creeped me out when they found him. I have never cycled that way since. Lots of new information that I hadn't heard before. That's from yeah, yeah, Herc yeah. Shorty. Herc Shorty. Y'all, we love the reviews, good or bad. We like to read them, and they make us feel so good. All inside. comments matter. Yes. So, so please keep reviewing. Um, and if you don't, if you're on Twitter, I've we got a lot of BHH action on Twitter. Did we really? Not really. It's just me. It's just me, us, you, us. and Sweepy. It's just me, you, <laughs> Sweepy, talking to each other about whatever. And we're retweeting a bunch of things, like keeping up with all the different cases that are going on around out there. So if you want to keep in the know or maybe see who we're talking about, because, I mean. Well, and I want to say, too, like on our Facebook page, Bloody Happy Hour Podcast, Yeah, we, we s- are almost at 1,000 we are people. At so I need if you're listening right now and you're have not liked our page, I need you to go and like it and even share it because we have five. Wait, no, not five. It's we have nine hundred and fifty five followers. So what's the difference? Forty five. If Sweepy was here, he would have had it real quick. Don't even get me started on Sweepy. <laughs> okay, so um, go like and share our page because I want to be by, at a thousand by manana. Yeah, and uh, maybe. Instagram comment too? on some comments. Yeah. Yeah. Let's have conversations. That's how we actually got Tiffany on here. Yes. Was because she commented on one of our posts and was like, I would love to have yes. a conversation about this. I have some interesting stuff, that interesting takes on it that you might like to hear about. So that it's a, we need to get more people yeah. to comment on that. Yeah. And uh, if you have a story, send us an email. Send us an email at, at bloody happy hour. Gmail.com. Are we ready? April, what is your story? Who is it about? What's going to happen? Oh. Do we need to take any precautions? Do we need to sit down, stand up, do some a couple burpees or squats Listen. or jumping jacks or just like get up? Do we need to have... I should have brought whiskey. I don't know. I'd, listen. I'm trying to. 
I think our killer athlete month was pretty like um tame. Yeah, it was. Like it wasn't like yeah, like we were, we're doing about to real get into harsh. some gruesome things. Oh, that was just I think that was like our pregame. I don't know. Like that we took a little been. break that month and we gave you some good stories, but they just weren't like intense. Yes. Hardcore chopping up this people is, and yeah, because yeah. we were we were getting a little we're we we were getting a little crazy for a while. Well, the once I, what the story the the Lawrence Singleton the one uh-huh. that just like that was yeah oh yeah we we that was um that was one of the first ones we that recorded was, that was the lube for this month right like that, that was, was the lube was. getting you ready for what's happening and um so torture 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 kidnapping torture i have to tell you if you have a daughter i don't have a daughter i don't know what i would do if i'd have if i had a daughter like i was my mom's daughter and she made me a little paranoid so i sent um one of my friends a text and i was like i need your daughter to listen to the whole month because she needs to not trust anybody (laughs) she needs not trust anybody and she was like I was just trying to figure out how to not make her stressed and have anxiety and not worried about everybody and just love everybody. And I'm like, uh-uh, she needs to she think needs everybody's to, a serial killer and a rapist. She needs to grow up how I grew up. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> not under a rock like Caroline did. But, you know, like when um, uh, my friend's daughter started college last, like she graduated in 2020. You know what they told her at her college, like, orientation? No. Everybody's a rapist or a killer until they <gasps> prove you uh, otherwise. And she, and she was like, that's exactly what you tell me. Yes, they are. They oh, are. I know. I, nope. No. Mm-mm. Everybody's Jesus to but Caroline. I, sh- I, until <laughs> they tell her otherwise. That's why y'all need to tell me all these things so I know. This this Caroline needs to listen to this more than anybody. Well, good thing I'm here. Yay! Okay, here we go. So I'm going to tell you about the Cleveland kidnappings. Okay. <sighs> you gonna make I it? Hope. Are you gonna make it? I'm real concerned. I don't know. I'm real nervous about it. I've have done okay, so much get research. You a drink, get you a drink. Get a drink. And like have some about this. shot glasses on the side. I'm probably going to tell you when to take a shot. Um, trigger warning there is torture there's rape this guy is a total shitbag alert and i'm sorry mom other cuss words may come out let me tell you she told me she was like because you know growing up we couldn't say like crap we couldn't say like suck like weird word like you had to use substitute words for everything but then substitute words were even bad like what the fork oh that drives me crazy (laughs) we were but we would not be allowed to say that I used to say what in the firecracker and she was like, hey, that is just a substitute word and that is just as bad. <laughs> substitute word. <laughs> oh so, um, mama, I'm sorry now. I got in trouble once for, I was, I like to always read the lyrics of a song so I can sing the whole song. And I had like printed out lyrics like a rap song. <laughs> and so she found, my mom found the lyrics and she was like, how dare you print out these lyrics? This is terrible. What are you listening to? Uh-huh. And I was like, you don't really back then we didn't pay attention to what the word said i just wanted to sing it all so my mom was like i'm giving you permission now to say crap because i say shit so much so now i have permission to say crap now 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 that you're 40 40 years old that's so nice thanks Thanks, mama thanks Gigi. 
And she's going to go all to, the, she's going to lose it today. So. Sometimes I'm like, just don't listen to this episode. Yeah. But this is so good. She's got to listen to it. Okay. So I am getting off script a little bit because normally I tell you about the shit bag that we're talking about. I'll go like into childhood because I like us to know like what caused all this to happen down the road. Ariel Castro don't deserve it. Like, I, if you want to know what happened in his childhood, then you can, like, research that. But I'm not even going to it because I don't need anybody having, like, one cent of remorse for him. So, Ariel Castro's childhood, was it who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? He does not deserve it. She does not. Like he does not guy. deserve Is this the worst one you've ever done? I mean, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. I have no idea. I've never looked him up. I, I, I didn't know. even so know if excited. it was male or female because it was Ariel. But I know. I, you know. And that's like my favorite name. And I hate that he has this name. I hope I have enough drink. I to... just looked at him. Don't. I Don't have. Google, he looks like one of my old teachers. Uh oh, shit. He probably was. <laughs> okay. So this story starts off with a girl named Michelle Knight. She was born April 23rd, 1981. So she's 40. She was, she's the same age as me. We were born in the same year. <laughs> I just closed her laptop. Um, okay, so her mom's name is Barbara Knight. That was Catherine <gasps> Knight's mama's name. Was it? So I don't even got to say much about her mama because she was just as shitty as Catherine Knight's mama. Oh my I hope your mama's name is not Barbara Knight, y'all. Any listeners? If it is, you better run. Yeah, what's it called when you divorce your parents? Ex- Emancipation? Emancipation? Pro- Wait a second. No, <laughs> no I think yeah, it, it is. is. It is, but not the proclamation. It's <gasps> just emancipated. Y'all. She's been smart all day today. At least for an hour, which is amazing. And a half. I tell you, is that Ginkgo Bonobola that somebody sent Look me? Look at that. Look at that. Okay, so she was real small. Like, she probably would have went to Caroline's waist because she was four foot two. Oh, yeah, that's probably like Lacey size. And she, her nickname was Shorty. But, like, Michelle lived a horrible, like, she was born into a horrible life. She started off in extreme poverty. So her earliest memories were living in a station wagon with her family, mom, dad, twin brothers, and then some cousins. And so simple things in life were um, taken, like, for granted. So, like, a shower, she didn't get them. Brushing her teeth, she couldn't do it. Meals, didn't have them. And she was the oldest, and so she kind of felt like she needed to take care of, like, her siblings. So um, she would even deny herself those little things just to, like, her let her little twin brothers get it. So she had to grow up real quick, like, real quick. Mm. Um at one point, they did rent out a house, and but there was like 12 people living in this house because they were poor, and so the more like friends and family that came in, like the cheaper it would be. So they lived in a house for a little bit, um, and so he she had like random family members, males living there. So what usually happens when you have a daughter and you let random men live in your house or just come into your house? Mm, nothing good. Nothing good. Well, so by the age of five, five, Michelle was getting sexually Mm. assaulted by a male family member. I'm reading her, like I read her book, and so she never really names him. We just know it's a male family member. Started at five, 
and it continued till she was 15 years old. I just don't, why is a five-year-old? I know, like, what? I d- mm. Awful, awful, awful. So, I don't understand. And listen, so usually, like, sometimes when kids have a bad home life, school is, like, a good escape. So they come to school, and, like, school is a good thing, but not for Michelle. She was bullied because she was, like, dirty, because she didn't get the shower. She was, like, short. She missed a lot of school because they were homeless so much. So then she was, like, behind. Um, I think they put her in special education at one point. Um, and so she was just over it. She was over school. She was over her life. Like, she She's hated like, it. Hates, yeah. Yeah. I mean, what? yeah. So by the t- I think by the time she is 14, she's like, I can't live here anymore. So a one week before Thanksgiving, she sneaks her abuser some sleeping pills because she would um, hide in closets so he wouldn't come rape her. Well, he did. She would um, like even not this take been showers going for even 10 more. Years? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Started at five, continued she's on till 14. she was, yeah. Well, now she's 14 and he's still raping her. So she's like, I got to go. So she sneaks him some sleeping pills and she grabs her backpack, 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 backpack. with her um, spiral and her pins because she loves art. She loves to draw. And that's the only thing pretty good that she can do at school. And she ran away. She had three outfits that were like Goodwill. Like this is. The 90s-ish, she said they were like 1960s clothes that were like dirty and worn. She had one pair of panties. She took everything that she had and she put in his backpack and she ran away when he passed out. And she was on the streets in the cold in Cleveland, Ohio. So this is November. So she's cold, but she's like, you know what? Yeah. And it was, she would rather be there than like back at home in her house. Mm. So she slept in a park for a little bit, but there were so many homeless people. She like, people would get attacked. They would steal every, any little thing that you have. So she found this place under a bridge, 14 years old. And she was so little, she needed to like block the wind from like chafing her body. So she found a garbage can. She turned it on the side and that's where she would sleep. And she slept there for a couple days until one day this man approached her. This big black man approached her. Like, did she eat food? I mean, she had almost gone about a week without eating by this time. This black man approached her and he was like, hey, we're have we have we he ended up being a minister of a church. Now, mind you, she doesn't like, so she's in Cleveland and she's like in the hood. So it's very like, um, everybody's there. Like there's, there's white people there. There's black. So everybody's poor, but everybody's there. So Mm -hmm. seeing a black man didn't scare her, but the fact that it's a man and she's on the streets, that scared her. So he was a minister at a local Baptist church and he says, Hey, we serve meals every day at this time. We have a big Thanksgiving meal coming up and the next day was Thanksgiving. So she just remembers thinking, I've never had a Thanksgiving meal. Like she, they would eat like nothing went like at home, basically nothing. So she showed up to this church and it was the best meal she ever ate. She had like four different plates 
And um, she met people at this church. She started attending this church on Sundays, on Thursdays, and she'd go there every day. So she had at least one good meal a day. And, like, her life was semi-decent in her eyes, right? Yeah. Well, she would eat her food, and then she'd go back to her trash can. Well, another guy approached her. And this guy was half black and half Mexican, and he called himself Sniper. And I'm, read, I'm like, reading to this, and I was like, Sniper? Okay, come on, Sniper, what you going to do? <laughs> he offers her to come and live in his house and offers her a room. He's like, oh, I see that you're homeless. Why don't you come? I got a room for you. Just come on. Here, I've got a job. You know, I'll pay you. And she's like, what? what? Like, what do you think when you hear something like that? Like, what do you think's about to happen? Nothing good. Nothing good. No. I'm like, it, you just escaped. You're about to be somebody's hoe. He's you, a pimp. Yes. You just escaped. Now you're going to be in this uh, hoe house. Ho There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in this So that, now you're being annoying and not me. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, dang it. I think we switch roles every other podcast. Are you saying I'm annoying? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, w- okay. He's offering these things. So in her situation, she's like, you know what? I don't got any money. Like I only get my one meal a day. It'd be great to have some money. So she goes with him to this house, Oh no! to Sniper's house. Oh no. And the house is like pimped out. Like there's like furry carpet, there's like big screen TVs, there's like speakers, the bedding is um, zebra bedding and it spins in circles. Um, it's like sounds pimped like, out sounds like house it. and I'm still like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. He just needs a drug um, deliverer, oh. drug door dasher, door dasher oh, of drugs. Yeah. An Uber of drugs. An Uber drugger. So she's yeah. like, oh, okay, well, and he'd pay her like $300 a week. Oh, my gosh. All she's... you do is deliver this, and here's a room for you. She's never had her own room. She's never had, like, a bed that she didn't have. So that first night she was there, she talks about she was filthy because she'd been homeless for weeks. Yeah. She'd have to take a bath in the shower. I mean, in the shower at the church. A whore bath is what you call it. Like you yeah, just PTA. get the towels. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yep. PTA. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she says, you would not know like how dirt like just like cakes up. Oh. So she takes an hour long shower. Well, when she walks in the house, she's like bleeding down from her legs. Oh, she's no. on her period. <gasps> and Sniper the- sees oh. this. And he goes to the store and he gets her some tampons <gasps> and he takes them upstairs and he says, this is my room, but you can have it at yours. Oh, sniper. I know. Oh, so sniper. then Roderick, there's another guy that lives there named Roderick and he's Saudi Arabian and he's got like this weird accent. Well, Roderick met, I mean, sorry, sniper met Roderick on the streets mm-hmm. and he did the same thing. He took him off the streets and he's like, Hey, I gotta do is like sell these drugs for me. You know, no big deal. Oh, I'm getting nervous. Something bad about to happen. Oh hell. Um. So, so we got Michelle uh, is living her best life in this house with Sniper and Roderick. Like yeah. nothing inappropriate ever happened. They are brothers and sisters, and I love this for her because she's never had like a family unit. So Roderick is very appropriate because he's like his Saudi Arabian culture. Like you don't have sex until you. 
um, get married. Like you don't sleep in a bed when you get married. So like it was just, they were brothers and sisters. So by day, they'd watch movies. They'd play dominoes. They'd play ping pong. They cooked for each other. By night, they sold drugs. Yeah. And brought the money back to um, Sniper. So like it was going good until Sniper gets busted. Sniper and Roderick. Well, Roderick takes off and finds Michelle, and he's like, we gotta, we have, like, we gotta go because they're gonna raid the house. So they go, because they have all their money that they've made stashed. So he gets her, they go to the house, they get the money, and they go back under the bridge. Michelle shows him where she used to live. And she's like, here's this trash can. Like, this is, it blocks the wind. So (laughs) Roderick goes and finds his own trash can and lays it down next to Michelle. And that's where they sleep under the bridge. And they're like, you know, we'll make a plan. Like, we have this money. Maybe we can get an apartment. But for now, like, let's just get, stay here and figure it out. So there you go. They're living on the bridge. Oh, wow. For just a minute, because a neighbor of her parents, Shitty dad, shitty mom, sees her under the bridge, and now there's cell phones, and so they call the dad, <gasps> and the dad comes and gets her, sees The her. abuser dad? Well, it's not the dad that's the abuser. He's just a shitty dad. It's oh. like she's getting abused by somebody else in the house. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, we don't know. Oh, that's yeah. Funny. So dad drags her back home, and that night she's raped by her abuser. <gasps> oh. Repeatedly. Wait, wh- did Sniper get taken to jail? Sniper got taken to jail. He she never saw Roderick again. They were running away because when she saw her neighbor, she was like, oh, I, "We got to get away because I don't want my family to come." Well, why her the, dad with the neighbor her, grabs the neighbor didn't know. Like oh. the neighbor's just thinking, "I saw your daughter on the street." Well, did they report her missing? <sighs> anyway, uh, oh my gosh! And then she, how long was she under the, like living with? Sniper and under the bridge, do we know? So all this, I think, transpired like in, in a year. So she was on the streets oh for a while gosh. with Sniper and Roderick for a while, back on the street. And then so within a year. She should have probably just rather gone to jail. Or two, yeah. I mean, she did not want to go back home. but So she was there, she was stuck, and her mom enrolled her back in school. And she was supposed to be in seventh grade, but by now she was 16 years old. So it might have been two years away 16 years old, they gave her a test, and so she was able to at least be in high school. So then here comes age 17. So she's in school, but she, like, has no friends because she's still, like, she's, I mean, she's not any, like, cleaner than she was before. Um, she's not any smarter because she still hates her life now because she's back at her house. She's by herself. Raped every day. All she does is read Stephen King books all day long. She was it. Oh, she was channeling her. her. Yeah. She just loves some crime and some horror stories. And so she would just read her Stephen King books all the time. Well, she, she meets a guy. This random guy like approaches her at school and they have a little bit of what's like a kind of relationship. And she's grateful for this because um, she has sex with this guy. And she's like, this is the first time I've ever had sex because Consen- I wanted to, like yeah. consensual sex. And so, but this is like a football player guy, good looking. He, she, she says he was like very like um, 
brown skin but fair skin so he was like biracial he's light skin yeah he's he's real bright <laughs> real bright and so anyways so okay she gets pregnant oh but not by her abuser she's pregnant by this guy i think she calls him eric in the book and she never tells eric because before she even finds out even gets to tell eric she finds out that eric had a girlfriend this whole time and was just <gasps> like side piece in her Oh, no. And so now she's pregnant. She's scared to death. And she finds out she's having a boy. So she's just like, you know what? I am excited. Like, Joey becomes her life and her purpose. She's never had anybody that she felt has loved her. I'm going to have this kid is what she's yeah, saying. So, yeah. so that somebody can love me. And I can love yeah. somebody else. So to her, it was her gift from God. And up to now, she's like, didn't believe there's really a God. Like she would even go to church and like she heard these gospels music and she heard the word and she, she would like go back and forth. She was like, but if there is a God, like, why am I going through this life that I'm going through? This was like her, her, one of her, like, I don't even know what the word is, but basically she was like, there, there, maybe there is a God if I can. Yeah. Yeah. Realization. So Joey is what she's going to name the kid. Okay. But now she knows she needs a job. Yes, so we do. Joey's born. You know, I always wonder, oh, sorry, but um, whenever you get like abused like that, if you tend to not uh, have sexual relationships with males, if you tend to like go, go to, to the females. other side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they I say know. a lot. I, I'm not lesbian, but I have a, I know a lot of lesbian people in life that had past trauma. Not saying it's not not saying that's why they went, but there it is a common yeah. and like you I'm surprised think about she it. wasn't like scared you, to like yeah you know because you have you just have to have these like visions and flashbacks yeah and stuff. flashbacks like, of a penis and things. penis <laughs> so, so anyways the baby. this this girl is the most the strongest girl like that I've ever read heard or know about like it's crazy what she goes through so she has the baby and she's dropped out of school and she's like i need to get out of this house because while she was pregnant she was still getting raped by her abuser oh no yeah yeah so she asked her mom barbara knight can you watch baby joey he's older by now like toddler can you watch joey while i go look for a job well, she spends all day looking for a job and she wants to get hired on the spot. She goes to every fast food restaurant. But guess what? She's four foot two. She don't have a, she's a high school dropout. Um, and she's just has no luck. So she goes back home and her stepdad is there. Her mom's dating a guy named Carlos now. And she divorced. And Joey's crying. And it turns out he yanked up Joey and broke like fractured Joey's leg. So she is heartbroken. She takes Joey to the hospital and the doctors know, right? Like, you know what abuse, the doctors know what abuse look like. So they question her and they ask what happened. And Michelle's just like, I took her to, took him to the park and he got hurt on the slide. 
She was scared to to tell the truth because she knew what would happen. Like she was so scared to have Joey taken away. Well, turns out boyfriend Carlos, mama's boyfriend Carlos that actually fractured his leg is a mean drunk, but a genuine sober person. So he called the hospital and he confessed to what happened. He says, it was me. I did it. And so the doctors approach her and they say, Carlos called us and he told me what happened. But we still had to call CPS because of the situation you and him live in. They can't save her because she's by this time 17-ish, but they can save Joey. So this is her last night that she gets to spend with her son. And in the book, it just talks about how much, how hard that night was because she had to tell her kid, like, you're not going to be with me anymore. Oh, my So CPS comes, Child Protective Services comes. Joey was removed and put into foster care. Michelle is devastated. But, like, there's a court date coming. Okay? Court Mm -hmm. date coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. A couple days later. Well, remember, she has no support mm-hmm. um, or nobody that cares. So she has to walk to this address where this court date is. And it's three. It's a three hour walk. Oh, my God. A three hour walk just to arrive 15 minutes late. And the judge yells at her. And like just like she doesn't even like even get to say her part and, you know, advocate for herself. So she can't catch a break. And I hate Mm -mm. this for her because all she wants is to be a mom to her kid. Well, um, he's been shuttled from foster home to foster home. Right. And, um, she has to find route. She gets one hour visitation every couple weeks. So she has to find rides. Sometimes it doesn't happen. And she's like, you know what? I'm never going to get my kid back if I don't leave this house with my mom and Carlos and this person who's raping me. Like, this is no place. So she has a cousin named Lisa, and Lisa's older. And Lisa has a job, and Lisa's like, okay, come live with me, and I can help you get your kid back. We'll work together. And she's introduced to another cousin named Deanna and has and then Deanna has a friend named Emily. Well, Emily's last name is Castro. Oh, I did it a guy this, with last name Castro. Well, but Emily's it, daddy's name was Ariel. Hmm. OK. OK. So was was the guy you dated dad named Ariel? Uh-huh. No. OK. I was about to and they weren't in right Cleveland. <laughs> and they were not in Cleveland. <laughs> and they were Mexican. Are these people Mexican? Puerto Rican. So Michelle's like very, of course, depressed, right? Yeah. So she's hanging out with her cousin. She hangs out with Emily. And while she's with Emily Castro, daddy named Ariel, Emily talks about her dad a lot. And she just says how she doesn't live with her dad because her parents got a divorce. He drives a bus for the local elementary. And she even showed Michelle pictures of her dad. So Michelle doesn't think, I mean, like, she's just like, like, oh, it's great to have it. You know, it's just my friend's dad. Like, no big deal. Well, she lived with her mom, Emily? Emily lived with her mom. Yeah. She just decided to show her pictures of her. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
she even heard like Emily and Ariel on the phone and they just had like a just a good conversation, you know? Yeah. With his everything daddy, seemed daughter, normal. everything seemed normal. Yeah. So now it's 2002. It's August 23rd. And she has a big appointment with social services because this is going to be the appointment to start the process to get Joey back. Yeah. So it's been a bit. And so the social services is like, we can give you a ride because you need to be here at this time. Yeah. It was like at 2.30. Okay, so she was trying to get to this appointment. Well, she had a family member that said, oh, yeah, I'll get you there. Don't worry about it. Well, so she denied the job from social services. That's fine. She did not, not the job. She denied the ride from social services because she was like, my family member's going to give me a ride. At the last minute, family member says, I can't do it. So she's fumbling around, and she's like, okay, I think it's over here. It's going to take me at least two hours to get there. I need an hour to get ready. I need to leave now. She asked cousin Deanna, can you walk with me? Okay. So her and Deanna are walking around, walking around, looking for this address and they cannot find it. And it's getting closer to the date, closer to the time that she needs to be there. So she's about to be like done, like like worn out missed, and yeah, yeah she's just like i can't miss another one like they've she's had to miss some before because she didn't have anybody to take her there so she tells her cousin deanna go back home i'm gonna walk around here and i'm gonna ask some directions and s- just see if i can maybe get a ride because she doesn't want to give up like she yeah. she feels like she's giving up on her son on joey so deanna goes home she walks into a family dollar because it's hot it is August in Cleveland, like it's the middle of the summer, and she's getting something to drink, and she asks the cashier, do you know where this is? And she has her paperwork, and there's the address. And the cashier's like, no, I don't know where that is. I think, I don't know. Another person in line says, oh, I think all you do is go up two blocks and take a ride, and I think it's over there. Well, there's this other person in there, and he's shopping. His name is Ariel Castro. And he's overhearing that this girl's looking for this place. So he walks up and he goes, hey, I know where that is. Motherfucker ain't even ever even seen the address. I know where that is. You want me to take you? It's just right up the block. It's on my way. I live on the way. And Michelle is thinking, this is my angel, my saving grace. Oh. If he gives me a ride, I don't have to walk. I can be there right on time and I can see Joey. I can have my appointment. Like, everything's good. So... Then she recognizes his face because she saw the pictures. pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, oh, you're Emily's daddy. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you know, Emily, she's at the house. And she and he goes, she goes, oh, OK, OK, you know, whatever. So gets in the car. The car's filthy with McDonald, Big Mac wrappers like <laughs> everywhere. And so she like scoots shit over and she sits down. Well, instead of them going the way. That they're supposed to go oh, no. they veer off and he's like you know what just give me a second my dog had puppies oh he- no and uh-uh. i need to go check on them but don't worry about it i'll get you to your appointment you'll be able to see joey i'm gonna run by my house hey and emily's there you could see emily while we're there so michelle's thinking oh okay cool i just saw emily i don't need to see her <laughs> she was like oh cool um Thank yeah, you. okay, I'll see Emily. She she was kind of hesitant, but she didn't want to be rude because that's yeah. her friend's daddy. And then she's like, Joey loves puppies. 
And he's like, come pick you one out. You can take it to Joey. And he'll be so excited when you get him back. This will be his dog. So she's like, okay. How many times she gets out? She goes in the filthy house. It's like McDonald's and like food. Oh my gosh, is Emily in on it? (gasps) Listen, (gasps) my mind went there too. Okay. Well, we'll see. Remember, she was walking with Deanna. Okay. Yeah, she's walking with Deanna. So Emily, she's not. She's not at the house, basically. So he goes, "Oh, Emily is. Um, what did he say? I think putting laundry, like downstairs, putting laundry. But the puppies are upstairs. Upstairs. So come up here. And so she was like, "Oh no, I'm not going up there." And he goes, "Wait, what? Are you, why are you scared? This is. I'm AC. I'm Emily's dad. I'm fine. Let's just go up here. You pick out a puppy. We'll go. You have a puppy for your for your son." So she walks up the stairs reluctantly. And when she gets up there, okay. door slams. Oh, no. She had no idea that when she walked up those stairs, she would be trapped for 11 years. <gasps> 11 freaking years. Ariel tied her up, tied her feet up with these cable wires so tight that her feet went numb. And it like cut open her skin like they were so tight. When he tied her up, he pulled down his pants, masturbated <gasps> on her, threw his jizz on her, and then he like hog tied her up. And she was in the air, like suspended, uh-huh. hog tied like a foot off the ground. He stuffed a dirty sock in her mouth, duct taped it, and left her there hanging. For a while, like all day, all night until the next day. And when he left, he turned up the radio so loud it busted her ears. But so in case she screamed, the neighbors would hear it. He played salsa music. And would they I'm not just, hear the music? Huh? Would they would hear the music? They would hear the music. But I mean, like it's Ariel Castro playing salsa music. Like that's no big deal. It's like it just happens. He's He was actually in a band. So hearing salsa music coming from his house all the time was no big deal so salsa music's playing she's like suspended up in the air hogtied he comes back a day and a half later force fed her a mcdonald's sausage egg mcmuffin whatever (laughs) (laughs) this is why there's no ever a reason to ever eat mcdonald's i We already talked about this. You go there for the ice cream. The ice cream machine it don't always ever broke. Work. Always broke. McDonald's, like Ariel Castro is your. Oh, I want only a white meat chicken nugget. It ain't even. Ain't it ain't white. chicken. I give me the white. dark meat. <laughs> I just like the barbecue sauce. You don't even want their chicken. Well, I mean, so did that other guy when he called in that bomb threat because they didn't give him his barbecue sauce. <laughs> so when he untied her. He threw her on the mattress, dirty mattress on the ground, like nothing on there, and he raped her for hours and hours. Then after he raped her, he rolled over and he cried. Uh. And he blamed his childhood because he was raped and he was beaten. And because of that, that's why he beat his wife. And that's why his wife left him and his kids left him. So that's why he needed her. So he was like, treated her like a, like, 
um, on the couch in a counseling session. But Emily did not live with him. No, Emily lived with him. Even mom. though he, when they got to the house, he was talking about he telling was, her to go put the laundry, like she's putting the laundry saying, in. He was saying, oh, Emily's, because she was like, where's Emily? Walked in the house. She's like, where's Emily? He goes, oh, but she's downstairs. why would downstairs. she ask, where's Emily, if Emily doesn't live there? Because he said that Emily was at the house. He was just saying she was just yeah. over there hanging yeah. out. And he, she knew he would go to hang out at his dad's house, but he lived with his mom. She, like, hang out at her dad's house, but she lived with her mom. And then her purse, he saw her purse. And when he opened up her purse, he looked at her ID and saw that she was 21 years old. Well, she's four foot two. He thought she was younger. So then he's pissed oh. because he wanted it to be a little girl. <gasps> so he takes her down to the basement. And she says, you know what? I know enough to know that nothing good ever happens in a basement. He chained her up to a pole down there, tied her hands, like he tied her hands around her back, chained her up from her waist all the way to like her mouth, duct taped her mouth, and put a motorcycle helmet (gasps) over her head, turned off the lights, and left her in the pitch dark for days. Oh, there was like a little bitty space where she could see if it's daytime or nighttime there. So she like the day it like just ran together. She was bruised. She was bloody. She was covered in pee because she couldn't she get up yeah. to use the bathroom and covered in semen from when he raped her. Oh. So his routine would be come downstairs, feed her egg McMuffin. Oh. And if stuff it down her throat with some orange juice he would go back upstairs, watch porn loudly, then come down, rape her for hours, and then tie her back up. With always the helmet, and you have no nothing perception of anything. Nothing. You're just in the dark. She would just, like, pass out. And then to escape, she just thought about her son, Joey. How like, she loved him, how she missed him. And oh she would sleep, and she would cry, and then... She said she would sing those gospel songs that she learned from when she was going to that church. And that would soothe her. I mean, can you even imagine what you just sit there? How? Like, I mean, I know I'm just panic attacks that. But I get nervous thinking about it. You just have to all day. That's all you're doing. Sit there. Tied up to a pole. You can't, you're, you can't scratch. Everything's numb. Like you can't, you know, you, when your foot goes to sleep. Yes. Yes. She can't move. Can't oh do anything. Gosh. Um, When he would come back, he would break her down and tell her, nobody's looking for you. Like there were no missing person posters. There was nobody on the news, like pleading, where's my daughter, Michelle Knight. And he would like tell her, nobody cares. Nobody like, nobody gives a shit about you. Like, I can do whatever I want to you, and nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to miss you. And it got into her head. It got into her head. Yeah. And really, because it was true. Yeah. Nobody was looking for her. And she was like, maybe my cousin Deanna, because remember, she's walking Deanna. Yeah. Well, she never came back home. Like, well, Deanna, what did you think? Did you go tell mom and dad? Did Deanna you- in on it. <laughs> Everybody's guilty. Everybody's guilty. Never. <laughs> you told me. Never trust, trust anybody. Deanna, she might got some money for this. I don't know. Well, well, and then what's crazy is like he just went on living his life. He'd get up, he'd go to work. His band would still come over to play. And she was just down there in the basement like doing nothing. nothing. 
nothing, nothing, nothing. She would hear like Emily and the other kids would come over. And what was crazy is now they say, um, well, he wouldn't let anybody go down in the basement or go like upstairs. Like it's just so sketchy. So he finally moved her upstairs. And so it was like a blessing to her because she was like, well, you know, I um, am at least he put a leash around her neck like a chain and so she was chained in the room, but she could at least like walk. Like oh, she's so she got earned some walk. privileges. To... She got some privileges. Okay. Got a little bit of privilege. She got a little mobility. A little bit of mobility. And then so what he would do is like he would play these mind games and he would be like, you know, um, he would pretend like he left but not leave to see if she was going to like scream or try to get away. And if he did, if she did try to get away, he would beat her or he would withhold food from her for days or weeks. Is he trying to keep her? I mean, are you trying to keep her alive or what are you trying to do? He's trying to like train her so that she's just fears him so much that she just like gives up. And she does. One day he randomly like bought her a puppy. Brought her that puppy because she was like, you know what? I'm going to get in his mind. He wants yeah. me to trust him. Well, he, she started telling him, well, I don't even trust you. Want me trust, you want to trust me, but I don't trust you. You promised me a puppy that first day I came. Where's my puppy? And she was like, if I just had something, like something up here because it got so lonely. Yeah. He bought this mutt. She named it Lobo, and she loved this dog. Like, trained him. Like, he basically pooped where she pooped because, you know, she couldn't go use the bathroom where she went to the bathroom. They slept together. She would have full conversations with them. Oh, for sure. And when he would come up to That's rape gotta her. That's got to change your, I mean, like. Oh, it was. It's like. She was like, I might can endure this a little bit because I got Lobo. Yeah. When he would come in, rape her, he'd first get Lobo nice and neat and take him outside, chain Lobo up come and rape and assault and beat her. And then when he was done, he'd bring Lobo back up. Well, one night he came in and he had too many dosekis and mm. he forgot to take Lobo out. So Lobo jumped on his ass. <gasps> Hell yeah, Lobo. Brace yourself. Oh. He grabs Lobo, snaps <gasps> his neck, no! throws him on the bed. Podcast over. <laughs> Caroline oh, got up and walked over. out. I mean, forget no. the fact that she was tied to a pole, but he broke the dog's neck and she's done. Because the dog was just in there? Because he jumped on Ariel when Ariel tried well, to rape him. Rape her. So she was done. Like, she was like, I lost Joey. I lost Lobo. I, she, that she didn't want to live because her dreams and her conversations with Lobo was when we get out of here, we're going to go to the park. We're going to do these things. I'm going to teach you all these tricks. And now it's like, I want to join you where you are, Lobo. Absolutely. So the, unlike he just left the dead dog in there for a while. Yeah. So she like went to a whole new low, right? Um, 
did he like beat her any or like have any weapon or or just have her chained up? Because I would think I yeah, I don't know. She, I she feel like I would up. just start, start like punching. I don't know. I don't know why. I know. You know. You just every I'm, time he came in, he'd had a gun. So this okay. At this point, you'd probably be like, "Well, sh- go ahead, shoot just me. shoot me. Yeah, just shoot, shoot me. me." The only thing that kept her is like, "I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna see Joey. I'm gonna get out and I'm gonna see Joey." Yeah. Like she needed to live for her kid. So this was about eight months into her being there, and um, he gets up and he changes, tells her to take off her clothes that she's had on for eight months. She has not showered for eight months. Uh uh-uh. uh Take off your clothes, and he gives her some old men's clothes, puts on a wig, some sunglasses, and takes her to the backyard. What? In Cleveland. And in Cleveland, these houses are, like, right on top of each other, and there's these tall, like, houses or whatever. There was a neighbor outside. She couldn't, like, scream or yell or anything because Ariel had a gun, like, in her, like, pointed, like, in her back. Oh, my gosh. He made her, he like, he was, she was like, I needed you to do something. I need you to help me. So he like, she went down there and she like moved some stuff with them. And then when he brought her back in the house, he he said, well, take off my clothes. So she took off her clothes and she thought she was going to get her old dirty clothes back. He left her naked. Left her naked. (gasps) Oh. Four months she was naked. So that he didn't have to remove her clothes every time he came in here and there and raped him. So you think about Cleveland, like it's very, very hot. This is an old ass house. It's very, very cold. She was freezing. She was hot. Like it was just horrible. Usually they want to at least like, I mean, shower them or clean them. It took a, like he, he eventually does. But this is how nasty he was. Like, yeah, so you can he, imagine, like, how nasty he was. Like, eight months, but and you're raping her. Mm-mm. So he said that she said that every time he came in, he smelled like dead fish. So you're going to work smelling like this. Oh. So um, randomly, remember he was like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, or Mister Hyde, Doctor Jekyll, whichever it is. Is like sometimes he would be like horrible, like devil. And then he would act like he Start she crying. was the girlfriend. Yeah. Oh my so gosh. he came in with a radio one day because she was like, can you like give me some something like I need something. She was going crazy and talking to herself. For sure. She was having full on conversations with How Joey that know? wasn't there. Absolutely. So he brought her a radio and he was like, quote, here's your radio. This will give you something to do. Don't listen to any nigger music. <gasps> She was not a listener, and she was from Cleveland, and she loved her. So, like in in the book, she talked about Whitney Houston. She talks about Neo. Like she just loved her R and B and some hip hop. So, if he was there, she had to listen to something else. But she want like she wanted to listen to. And then a little bit after that, he showed up with a television, and he was like, "Here, plug it in. You better not watch no nigger shows. I better <gasps> not see Cosby Show." Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I see the Cosby show on. Yeah. Yeah. And so the irony. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she, uh, she talked about like how like racist he was. And he talked about like black kids beat him up on the um, playground or something when he was little. So then he I'm hated so all black sorry. people. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my God. So now it's almost a year after sh- only a year after she's been taken. 
and it's April 1st in 2003, and Amanda, 16-year-old Amanda Berry, went missing. She worked at a Burger King. It was the day before her birthday, and she almost called in because she wanted to celebrate her birthday early, but she decided not to, so she went to work. Boyfriend was supposed to pick her up, but he was being an asshole, and he didn't, so she had to walk home. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. Somebody offered her a ride named Ariel Castro. She said she had said he had some puppies. <laughs> Very close. So she passed by a maroon van and she saw on the inside a man and his daughter. And it ended up being Ariel and Emily. And he just she just kind of raved because she also went to school with Emily Castro. She waved. Kept walking. They left. Well, she was still walking a little bit later. Here comes that van, but it's just Ariel. No Emily. And he stops and he says, um, Oh, do you need a ride? Offers his ride. He says, Oh, do you need a ride? Emily's back at the house. You want to go see her? Well, shit, you just had Emily. You should have asked me right then when you had Emily. Right? Well, Amanda was like tired of walking. And she was like, sure, for sure. She had gotten a fight with her mom, and she was like, I'm not going straight home. Like, I'm sure, I'll go see Emily. So she got in the van. They were going to go see Emily. And when they got to the house, he goes, she walks in, and she said, uh, he says, oh, she's in the bathtub. She'll be right down. Just wait on her. He's so convincing. And so back, this was like 2003. So cell phones were in, but not like they are now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. saw that she had a cell phone <gasps> and um, he goes, oh, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to go check on the dog. Uh, but I need, can I use your cell phone really quick? The phone's not working. Can I use it? And she goes, sure. So she handed it to him. He walked out. And um, when he came back in, he was like, let me show you. The rest of the house. I'll show you Emily's room. Walked up them damn doom stairs. Oh, my God. And opened up the door that Michelle was in, and she saw a naked woman chained, <gasps> and she freaked out. Ariel shoved her into another room and said, show So he me. showed her uh, Michelle, Michelle yep. but then he put her in a different room? Shoved her, because she was, like, in shock. He and was, he like, shoved her. hello, look at this. You're next. Yes. Oh. <gasps> He said, um, I think he said, pull your pants down. Oh, no. And this guy is like fat, greasy guy fat, with this beard. Greasy, he nasty. looks just like an uh, just like an old, old nasty man. Yeah. Like no, he doesn't even look like, like, you know. He could like. He just looks like a normal guy. A normal, normal guy. Man, yeah. walk, whatever. So he raped her multiple times. And then he did the same thing he did to Michelle, took her down to the basement, tied her up, put the bicycle helmet, I mean, motorcycle helmet and everything for weeks. Well, remember, Michelle has a TV. So she sees on the news, Amanda Berry's gone missing. Her parents yeah, are all over the news. Um, and one week after Amanda goes missing, he, remember he has Amanda's cell phone? Yeah. Well, he calls her mama. On her cell phone, and he says, I have Mandy. She wants to be with me, and she he hung up. He never called back. They traced it, 
but he must have destroyed the phone or something. Like the cell phone, it pinged within like two blocks of where he lived, but it was like two blocks of places that like they just they didn't know exactly where the phone call came from Mm. and that cell phone was never activated (gasps) again so they never could like trace it again what i hate is he used his daughter to kidnap both of these girls so far yeah it's like where did he where did he do with her when he just drop her off somewhere do they do they live close Oh, yeah. I think he just, like, this time, he took Emily back to Mama's house. They must live close. Yeah. If he just... Oh, they, yeah. They all, like, Michelle <clears throat> lived within blocks. Oh, my god. Amanda gosh. lived within blocks. And Emily's ex, Emily and her mama, like, I mean, they're, lived, like, lived in blocks. captured a block away from yes. their own house. Yes. That's Isn't that the crazy? worst. <clears throat> okay, so this is my thing is, not to victim blame, not to parent blame, but I think about this and they got in the car with their friend's dad, but I was told never to. Were you told like, you know, you hear don't ride in the car with strangers. Well, he's not a stranger. So that's why you don't say shit like that. It's like you don't ride in the car with anybody. So I he rem- looks like my friend's dad's. I know. But would you have gotten in a car with him? I guess. So did your mo- so what was your prob- did you know have how the warning in a basement? <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm not know. Kidding. Your parents might you might be kidnapped right now. I probably am. <laughs> no, I'm definitely my mother's child. <laughs> they might have stolen you. And you just don't know yet. No. Wait, but you didn't get like the warnings. Like you don't. Nobody picks you up unless I tell you. No. No. Mm-mm. When you get when you get. Mosey on this podcast. She was always working. Yeah, but you still. We had Lola at the house. Lola and Lola didn't even tell you. No, Lola's too busy on the truck. What a boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, we'd ride the bus, walk home, out the butt, and then like go get, open the door with the key, and then go. I I don't even think the doors were locked. I mean, it's like back back in the nineties, whenever. No, bitch. People I was born in the nineties, and my mom was like and doing things. Yes. Our, I mean, did you leave your doors unlocked and stuff at your house? We yes. always had our doors unlocked. Yeah, we did. We did do that. My mom, they still do that. But my, I remember like there was one, maybe two people in our whole lives that I was allowed to get in the car with if my mom didn't know. So she would be like, "If I, if somebody's coming to pick you up, I'm gonna tell you first. So if so and so pulled up at my school and says hey your mom told me to take you home don't get in the car with them well i always rode the bus um or walked home yeah so i guess that never but i don't know yeah so i've ever been told anything and so i remember like new friends coming into our life so we'd meet these new people and they were friends or whatever and i would say mama can i get in the car with but she would say would be there with them that because yeah. if it was like you're going to a sports, like a basketball game or whatever. Yeah. So I wouldn't be like somebody's dad. Oh, hey, girl, I don't want to ride. I'd be like, well, where's, you know, Sarah? I could get in the car like, with them. I would just know, like, she would tell me so-and-so is going to pick you up if they were. Right. Or yeah. um, I knew I was going to so-and-so's house, so their dad was going to pick me up. But, like, just random, if I'm just walking down the road and, like, uncle like these there was it was just nobody we just knew like you just don't get in the car yeah Um, Yeah, we would ride our bikes like to the convenience store and everything which you know yeah that's 
Yeah. You wouldn't let your kid and do that's that now. Fine. Well, I mean, we would walk places. You just didn't get in the car. Yeah. Like if somebody asked you for a ride, and I just remember saying, what about so-and-so? No. I feel like I'll if they would have asked if I would I would have been like, sure. Yeah. So, um, I, so it's not weird for them to get in a car with them. Right. But I just remember, like, I remember specifically being told you don't like no matter who, well, I don't care what friend it is, what daddy, what mama, no, what, what, whatever. If you do, I need to know first. Nope. But she also had me while like watching all these movies. Oh and yeah. This we is why, this is why I, I was I'm just so over here Googling rap songs and printing them out and <laughs> getting in trouble because you're listening to rap songs at Cuz. Um, <clears throat> so we're about to be. That's at the probably park. how I landed up in that first relationship in my last marriage. So I didn't have no guidance. It's their fault, not mine. <laughs> let's just blame everybody. Yeah, let's blame everybody else. So okay, they. They didn't do anything wrong. They were riding with their friend's dad, who they thought was a normal dad. He just really yeah. wasn't. He would do nice things every once in a while. Like every time he would come in and rape them, he'd throw like some change and some dollars at them. And he said, he would say, like, thank you for your services. The hell is he'd pay them money? every time. What do you do? They with piled it? it up. They piled it up. Like well, they good. piled up money. It's crazy. And they would like ask for journals or like pens or something because they wanted to kind of journal what was happening. Something. Give me something to do. And draw like Michelle liked to draw. They finally were allowed to shower only if it was with him, though. Oh, my god! So gosh. they were just like, you know, you learn how to escape because you want to be Were clean. they still in separate rooms? So um, Amanda and Amanda was always separated. And Michelle, so yeah, they're in separate rooms still. He barely let them like cross paths. So Amanda's been there for a little bit. Michelle finds out she's pregnant. Oh. And she's been pregnant actually a couple times. Oh, and she miscarried. Yeah, he would beat her to miscarry. Oh. And at one point, he starved her for a week and then hit her in the stomach with a barbell. I can't. And then beat her ass for aborting his baby. But he did it. Another time he took her in the basement, kicked and punched her, and sat on her until she passed her baby in the toilet. And sat on her? Sat on her? He sat on her? Oh, sat her on the toilet. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I just said to laugh because I was like, he just no, sat on her? I might have said that. No. He you, kicked you said and he punched her, her on the toilet. And sat her on the to- toilet until she passed the baby. And she, in the book, says she remembers, gra- like, y'all, this gets bad. Or this is bad. This is already bad. It's been bad for a while. <laughs> but it, yeah. She remembers grabbing, like, the fetus out of the toilet and just crying and, like, just, just, yeah, thinking everything. this is why, 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 why. In total, Michelle goes through uh-uh. five miscarriages or termination of pregnancy. Michelle, okay. Michelle, the first one, yeah, yeah, yeah. the white girl. Yeah, well, I guess they're both. Oh, white. is Amanda black girl? Oh, no, no, no. I guess they're both white because now. he's racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's no black girl. There comes a Mexican girl. Mm. Total, she went through five miscarriages or termination of pregnancies uh-huh. by Ariel Castro. And at, like right now, like they do get out. She can, yeah. she can't have kids. Like she can never have kids. So we're going to end with this. 
a one year later, April 20th, April 2nd, 2004, everything happens in April. Like it's crazy. Like she, he's taken the last two girls in April. Gina de Jesus goes missing. Gina de Jesus's daddy is very good friends with Ariel Castro. <gasps> Gina de Jesus is friends with Ariel Castro's younger daughter, Arlene. And that's how he gets her. They are walking home from the local middle school, 14 years old, with Arlene. And they had to part ways because Arlene was going to come over. But Arlene, they called the mom and the mom was like, no, you need to come home. So Arlene goes this way. Gina goes the other way. And then here comes fucking Ariel. Ariel. And he stops and he's like, hey, have you seen Arlene? And she's like, yeah, I just saw him. She she just turned. We just part ways. And he goes, well, hop in. Help me find her. I need to find her. We're looking for her. So she gets in because she's thinking something's wrong. And um, then that's it. She gets, same thing happens. They went to his house. And he was like, you know what? <clears throat> She probably went home. She's probably in the shower. Emily in the shower. (laughs) Can you help me move the speaker? Can you? You want a dog? (laughs) Oh, he has a different thing every time. Every time. I'm surprised he didn't just use the same thing every time. Yeah, because it worked. Yeah. Um, This time it's... And are these... Oh, what was the age of Amanda? Or did you Amanda was 15. Because he he was pissed that... That she was 21. Yeah, so Amanda was 15. This girl's 14. She's mentally a nine-year-old. She's an intellectual. Yeah. Back then, it would have been like mental retardation. She's mentally a nine-year-old. Gina got in the car with him, and then they ended up at his house. And he was like, you know what? Um, Basically, fuck Arlene. I wasn't really looking for her. (laughs) But I need you to help me move the speaker. Can you come and help me move the speaker? And um, she's like, Sure. When he got her upstairs, his words were, show me your privates. And then he tricked her to go into the basement. Did he show the other girls? No, I don't even think she got that far. She actually, Gina ends up being there for a while, not even knowing like there's other girls there because he keeps her in the basement for a while. So we're going to stop right there at Gina de jesus okay so when gina gets there where are the other two girls in the house they're upstairs and they're in two separate rooms okay and then gina's going in the basement and now gina's going in the basement he keeps them there like to get inside their minds like for like keeps them there for weeks i really hope the end of this when we end it that he is tortured real bad and he's in jail and do not read about it i won't i won't i won't you guys if you don't already know this story um, don't read about it. She was okay. Don't read about it. So we're gonna stop. Booyah, right here. Start here. All right, part two next week. Is it actually a part two? This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.